I'm Max Temkin. And I'm Patrick Klobbick. And this is episode 20 of Rewatch Podcast. This week we are watching episode 20 of Lost, The Greater Good. It is our last regular episode of Lost before we uh, get to the finale. Uh, this week... Also, that's not the name of the episode. Well, Don't start over. Don't know. Oh, I'm Max No, right? no well, you're going to include all of this. You, you, you can be a robot and you can start <laughs> over, but we're going to continue where we're going. It's born to run. Born to run. I'm going to fix it in the notes. There it is. Perfect. That we've already been through. All right. We have a sponsor this week. I feel like we got to redo that. Nope. Oh, it's so bad. And it's even better because you're continuing to break it. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. It's called, it's called live. We're live. All right. In real life, but it recorded. Whew. Real bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this week, our sponsor is Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do. People know where things are. And you stay on top of everything all of the time. We use Basecamp at Cards Against Humanity. Uh, I definitely recommend it. And it is made uh, right here in Chicago. Uh, very, very that. good. Oh, yeah. Very good That's project cool. uh, management software. Uh, we have a special guest in the studio this week. It is your dog, Pixel. That's your that tapping her tiny little chihuahua paw on the microphone. I don't think you're She's so, so scared. She's just staring at that microphone. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> that's all I can do. I can't force her to make noises. <laughs> I could squeeze her and get her to yelp, but that's she's mean. just so I can set the scene here. It's the, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny dog, smaller than my cat. I think. I think she is. I think she's ten pounds. Ten pounds. I think so. That's bigger than my cat by weight. But she's uh, tiny. She's thin. Very, very small. Very small dog. And she's just sort of well until you had her, got her up and had she her. She was about to tap it on the microphone. She's just lying in your lap on yep. your chair mm-hmm. with her old face on your in your elbow. Yep. She's nodding off. Yes. That sounds like the life. Just people carrying you around, falling asleep in their arms. I, I often think about what my cat does while I'm at work, and it's like de- it's depressing. What does she do all day? Have she you, sleeps? It's actually super boring. Um, we have done that once or twice. I don't know. Maybe other animals are more active. Like, certainly, like, our dog has gotten to What do you mean you've done that once or twice? You've been my cat? No, we've, like, to, to see what your animal does. Like, we've left, like, a phone on or a webcam on. Oh, okay. Like, what, are you, what are you getting up to? And, okay. like, by getting up to, it's like she gets up once every couple of hours to drink water, mm-hmm. sniff near the garbage, and if we've been dumb enough, then <laughs> if we've left recycling out, then she knocks it over and looks for stuff inside of it. I think that's she about can... it. My uh, cat, here's a weird trivia. Mm-hmm. I got my cat two years ago, never had a drink of water since I got her. I she tr- doesn't drink water? She does not drink water. Does she just get enough uh, she has water food. through the wet food? Yeah, she has wet food Weird. only. She's very, very, very peculiar eater. Like, she only will eat some kinds, some brands and some kinds of wet food. No dry food. So it's not a nutritional thing. It's like she has taste yeah but she's has weird food issues and mm. she, she won't eat snacks either she won't eat a treat she won't eat anything that's not like her brand of food in her bowl weird which is actually convenient like if we ever sure. leave like chocolate out or something i know she's no not gonna interested. eat it but yeah in two years and going she's never i still put water out in a little dish for <laughs> just, her just in the end it feels responsible mm-hmm. and i've put like i put like some of those i've gotten some of those cat uh waterfall things because apparently some cats will like uh, moving water okay no water. Nothing. Not into it. Weird. Not into it. Uh, what do we got? Which we, let's see. What I had some things written down. You, you went to you, Nashville. You, you, okay, we can start there. That's second on the list, but fine. You have a mind. You, you, you've bullshit. gone. You've gone rogue on this podcast enough already. Fine, we'll go to the second thing on the list. Yeah, mine's bullshit. I just got a new phone. Because <laughs> he dropped it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to Nashville. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was there for less than twenty-four hours. Um, I went there to speak at Belmont University. To what, what is that? Small, it's a co- small Christian college, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, that I did not know. They until, allow video I games? Not, I did not know until I got there. Mm-hmm. Like, I just saw Belmont University. I looked at this school for you know a little bit on their website, but didn't you know when I do talks, I don't spend like a week researching. I just know. All right, are you going to pay me to come out? Cool. All right, then we're done. <laughs> um, and so I, I, but I, I will sometimes in my, you know, in in the, the stuff we do here, the stuff I do, I, I swear, like like not ex- excessively. You cuss. I do. I got mm-hmm. some colorful language. Um, and then I was looking at all of like the there was like a pinup board outside of where I was talking, and I noticed a lot of references to faith. Um, and I don't you know I don't mean to be derogatory or condescending at all. It's just I didn't it didn't strike me as that. And I asked like the person who was escorting me around. I was like, is this 
a religious school. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure and say dang uh, when, I, when I feel like I need to swear. What did they they're like, oh, yeah, you, that's, that's what did not... They, how did this come about? Because I thought, I thought, uh, I thought mine, Christians actually. like were anti-game. Well, I didn't go to talk about video games. Oh. Uh, I went to talk about sort of like uh, some of the articles I've done on Kotaku in the last couple of months have been about like swatting and internet security and uh, you know looking at location data and how that stuff is used and put into databases and how people can build profiles about you to find out you know if you combine sort of location data and other stuff that we put out there that is relatively innocuous, you can quickly combine that with government databases. Like when you sign mm. a lease, that puts your address in somewhere. And then there are websites that scrape those government databases um, and can find your address unless you're, you know, going around and pulling that information down regularly from the Internet. So, <clears throat> uh, Why were you asked to talk? I mean, I, that's a great thing to talk about. Because I've written a bunch of stories about it. Like there was oh, just, there was a, okay. uh, you know, I did the swatting one, then I did one about like doxing. And so I just had done a lot of research on all of this stuff recently. And there was just a, a, a fan of mine that works in like the, uh, I think it works in library sciences, but they also, he does like some of the marketing for the university. And he was like, this seems like something that students would be smart to know about. And it was interesting because... Uh, I knew that the vast majority, I spoke at 10 a.m. A lot of the talks I've done are usually like after hours. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of folks that do know me couldn't show up because they're actually in class. I had like 15 students apologize because I have to actually go to class. Mm. And I was like, that's fair. Please don't cut class to come <laughs> see my talk. Um, although, you know, maybe cut class to come see my talk. But I knew that uh, it was not a traditional talk of my fan base because it was probably three-fourths women. And I was like, well, this is definitely not my normal crowd. Um, not that I, there, are, there are women that follow my work, but like, you know, traditionally, like with games and online enthusiast stuff, it's, it probably an, skews. Got an important dog update here. Yeah. Pixel is asleep. Yeah, definitely asleep. She is asleep on your lap. Yeah. If I, if I adjust, she'll then get down and try and probably go on the couch. Be like, why would you push me around? <laughs> uh, so it's probably, you know, usually my Show stuff is like. your voice. She's sleeping. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, usually like 90% male, 10% uh, female. And this was like 75% female. It's 25% male. So anyway, it's just not that especially important, but it was interesting. And they, um, they all had really good questions and there was a good turnout and they want to have me back to talk about some other stuff later. So, uh, cool. but Nashville's cool. Have you ever been to Nashville? No, I think I might've driven through there. It's, uh, I'm not a country music fan, I, but I also don't dislike country music. It's just not what I ever would like elect to listen to, um, in my off time, but they have uh, these things called honky tonk bars. Sure. And it's basically just live music, but you know, Nashville, like Memphis is, you know, like a hub for, like, if you want to be make a big in country music, like this is where you go and mm -hmm. you pay your dues and hopefully get recognized. So what I would do is I booked my flight for later in the day and checked my bags into the hotel and then just walked around. And if I heard music that sounded good, I'd go in and get a drink, finish the drink, go on to the next next bar that had good sounding music, go in, get a drink, and I just hopped around for three so or four it's kind, hours. Sounds kind of New Orleansy, like you yes. can just sort of. Go well, the wind. The, yeah. It was ni nice enough. The windows were open, so just loud music is blaring out of like, and it's not just like you know. You go to Chicago, you hear live music. This is every single bar. Like there's just thirty bars lined up with live music, um, and I was about to leave one of the first ones, and there was this. Uh, two girls that were just doing covers in like country style. It's like really fun and interesting. And, um, I was about to wrap up and they're like, Oh, we're going to uh, kind of, you know, spare some of our time up on stage today for one of our friends to do a couple songs for you. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll see what this is before I get out of here. This is also could be a disaster. Um, and this 10 year old gets up on stage what? with a guitar by herself and does original music. No covers. I was a girl. Yep. And, mm. uh, it was, it blew my mind. If you closed your mm. eyes, you wouldn't have thought I was a 10 year old. What's her name? No idea. So we can't, we can't find her on YouTube or something? No. Okay. Did you see the girls playing? I wanted the, to take uh, a video, but I thought that would be creepy. Did you see the YouTube of the girls playing uh, Led Zeppelin? No. Very good. That sounds good. Very good. Young, uh, like a girl band, and they were just playing uh, metal music and And they're doing like out. the solos and everything themselves? Yeah, it was pretty That's, good. It was very good. It was going around. It was viral good. content this week. Oh, I, oh uh, this week in viral <clears throat> content. This week in viral content, video of girls playing Led Zeppelin. Uh, it's sorry. actually a, if if we had a podcast that had segments like that, that would be like this week in viral content. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> that would be really good. Actually, sneezing panda, <laughs> so cute. Yeah, wow! Did you guys see the sneezing panda? Two million views. <laughs> um, yeah, I would always have to open with how many views. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, three hundred one plus. It went viral. Uh, I'm reading a really good book about uh, computer privacy stuff. Mm. It's uh, Bruce Schneier's new book. Do you know him? I don't. He is a uh, cybersecurity expert. He is sort of famous for way back in the day. 
uh, introducing uh, uh, cryptography to like the public uh, and the masses in terms of like uh, a way that you could um, encrypt your own stuff. And now he just sort of writes about government policy and surveillance and data. Uh, and he has a new book called Data and Goliath. And it's really freaking me out, and it's very good. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I mean, it. It, that doesn't surprise me that it would freak you out because, I mean, that was essentially the end of my talk was like, have better passwords. Also, we're all just kind of fucked. Yeah. So, like, there's only so much you can there, do. End-to-end cryptography is a, is a good – so what's great about him – so, I'm going to put my dog on the couch. Okay. Otherwise, she won't know it's there. And all right. I'm going to pretend now. you're listening to me. So what's great about this book is he gives like a, a – a very good policy overview of a lot of the stuff that we found out through Edward Snowden and a lot of the stuff that's been in the news um, and a very good, like, succinct overview so you understand what's going on with all of the crazy surveillance stuff that's in the news. And he talks about the technology involved, and then he will always end each chapter with, like, a moral argument of, like, what are the what does it mean to be watched in this way and, like, what are the arguments for and against? Um, so it's a really nice, like, one of the big things he talks a lot about in the book is, like, uh, surveillance people who are defending surveillance they always want to say well if you're not doing anything wrong what do you have to hide yep. and he's like well people who care about this stuff need to do, m- do a better job making a case for the value of privacy and not as, as a way to hide anything but just as as privacy is like a human right that that there are ways that you can be yourself when you're in private that you can't when someone is watching you and that that's an important part of just being a human being and, and like that was part of the intro to my talk was like let's talk about how we have uh basically seceded privacy in exchange for software over the last 10 years, like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. Essentially, they have, they monetize our privacy and encourage us to share more, often in secretive ways that they change policies and don't tell us, and they make money off of that, and then, you know, that puts information into the world that if we knew it was out there, probably wouldn't feel super comfortable about it. You know, like, the, the one I always point to that I think is the most common is the Instagram map which is on by default for most people. Mm-hmm. And most people have a private Instagram account. Most people like taking photos of their cats and their dogs. So if you do that and you have that Instagram map turned on, anyone can look at your Instagram account and see exactly where you live mm-hmm. because GPS is super accurate and most people don't think about stuff like that. And when I – it was the thing that most – it was that and when I broke down uh, what we know about how bad passwords are for most people that like those were the things that people point, were like, yeah – I like to tell people my passwords are good, but my passwords are terrible. Yeah. Like there was a, I can't remember the Splash Data. I think is the group that does it. Like every year they put out a list of the top ten worst passwords, and they figure that stuff out based on the leaked password dumps that happened from like when Target hacked and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they figure out the worst passwords by making a list of the top ten common passwords. And like because you shouldn't have a common password. Right. Number two most common password of two thousand. I think it was thirteen that I was the most recent data I had used was password. Yep. Yeah, forget is always up there. The number number one was one two three four five. Yep. Yeah. There's, uh, uh, number ten was football. Number nine was dragon. <laughs> when you get far enough down that list to, because uh, I've seen I'm, not this year's, but I've seen pre- previous years' uh, lists. It's always funny because it's just combinations of like one two three four five, but with mm-hmm. like one more number. So it's like six of them were like just one two three four five and then a zero, or one two three four five six and yep. then a zero. And yep. it's just like. <clears throat> what you're doing and yeah. it's funny because that was like the number one thing that people told me afterwards were like yeah my, my passwords are total shit like you're right um now do you use a password manager yes i use, use one a, password yeah i'm on the side and i told college uh, students uh there's also LastPass, which is free and works and i think one password is better but you know i don't know i said i know you're not i also tried to be honest like i know you're not going to do any of this stuff just look at your passwords and know they're mm-hmm. shitty just try and change Boy, the big the big ones i always tell people like if you're if you just want to do if, – if, you know, if you don't want to hassle yourself too much and you just want to do the very basic things to, like, uh, lock your shit down. Oh, she's going in the – Pixel's going in the supply closet. Okay. She could shit on something very expensive in there. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah. I always tell people the big pickups are go into your – whatever you use, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever your big things are. Just go in there and look at the connected applications, like the connected apps section, and you'll be shocked at how much crazy shit you've said can access your Facebook and your Twitter and deauthorize some of that stuff. And you just forget about it. You just yeah. do it over time, and like you use the app once, and then all of a sudden you don't realize that they have access to sometimes your cell phone number. You know number what's scary is and... the, the companies that have gone out of business that still have access to your Twitter or your Facebook, yes. and it's like, man... They don't care at all. Like they'll do anything to get a little bit of more money out of, um, you know, all that information. They can sell they that have. data. That's not illegal. Yep. 
Um, so that's number one. Number two is if you're running any, almost any Chrome extensions, that's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like uh, almost everyone I know who works in computer security, they agree that Chrome is probably the most secure browser. And uh, the consensus seems to be not to run any Chrome applications whatsoever. <laughs> I run a f- I actually run a few privacy. What about my one password Chrome extension? So that's that a- would be the ultimate. That's irony. okay because they uh, they specialize in security. They yeah they've done everything right, but right. in general, um, unless. You really Are they just saying don't do them because people can access your stuff through them? Or if you're entering passwords through an extension, <clears throat> that stuff isn't locked down? It, it's, it's the whole thing. It's that it can get a huge, crazy amount of data from your browser. Mm. It's you're exposing a lot of information. And if they've left even the slightest stupid loophole in their code, that makes sense. Um, it's a real problem. So, think, so I use one so password. So here's, here's what I've got. I'm running one password. I use bit.ly. What's bit? Oh, right. The URL shortener. shortener I have, a, I have I, a better option for you for okay. that. but. Uh, so I run this tool from the EFF called Privacy Badger, okay. um, and that will basically – it's like a crowdsourced list of tracking things online that run on websites. So like, for example, Google Analytics or, mm-hmm. or the Facebook like button that tracks you across pages, and it just disables that code. Uh, and it oh, really? and it tells you with these little slider when switches it's, when it's like actually disabling yep. things. And sometimes it it breaks a page. Like sometimes a page doesn't load right, and then I, you can always just click on it. It's got a little button in the browser, and you can be like, uh, "Okay, turn this one back on, but keep that one it's off." It's kind of like I used to have a uh, a thing that turned off Flash by default. Cause exactly, because Flash, Flash used to like eat my battery and, on my on my laptop. And you can use Privacy Badger. I think will will by default will pause Flash. The other thing There's I like almost like no flash on the internet at this point though. Yes, three years ago that was or five years ago was important. And then I run one more called Ghostery, and Ghostery just disables all social media on all pages, and, and, and it blocks it out with like a little control panel, mm. and then you can just hit play, uh, play only this time or like play always, and mm. then it'll like turn it on. But by default, when I go to a page, I don't want any like, like buttons, when, oh, share like, buttons to load. The other annoying thing I, want, I used to have one, and then it broke was. Uh, it would stop uh, videos from autoplaying. Yes. Yeah. The, the videos like, like YouTube, you can choose as a setting, but on like a lot of websites will autoplay videos so that they can force you to listen to an ad. Yeah. The the nice thing with these is I've got all video turned off unless I click on it to unless mm. I like specifically say like load this video player because oftentimes the little JavaScript video player has some sort of crazy tracking. I think code the in. only other one I have is Pocket so that I can save videos. Well, like that's that. a good segue. I'm glad you mentioned <gasps> that. Good segue because we have a follow up question about Pocket. Okay. I haven't even checked it out yet. Um, but uh, I think I might respond to this guy on Twitter, but I can answer it. Okay, yeah. Again. Someone someone asked. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned the Pocket app. Any ideas on how to get that working with YouTube? Uh, I think he was asking that in the context of uh, iOS extensions that allow you to like sort of have apps talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the YouTube app has a way of pulling URLs natively from the app. But into in the browser. Pocket. Yes, if you're in Safari and you load up a YouTube video, then there's a Pocket extension that you just you know scroll nice. up the control panel and. It'll slap that in that little software in uh, The By the way, the app I was going to recommend is uh, I use this thing called cloud.app. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so oh, that's Now they than... really want to charge you for stuff. They just switched over to business mode. No, it's okay. I pay. I'm happy to pay. I know. I, it, I so I, own, I bought a great domain. I bought um, maxtemk.in. Okay. And that's my URL shortener. Okay. So like any URL I put in cloud app, I drag it in and it goes maxtemk.in slash you know, five I or whatever. I use cloud app because uh, you can use it as a – to capture stuff on yep. your desktop, and it'll automatically upload it. And, Screen capture. And, and when you do it, it automatically copies the URL into your uh, clipboard so that often, you know, I do a lot of work where I need to capture screenshots or whatever and share that in uh, at work at Kotaku. And they also, on the Mac, and I think it's coming to the PC, it's not there yet, um, they let you do really, uh, really quick, really fast uh, video capture mm-hmm. um, of your desktop, and it also automatically uploads it. And uh, there is, there, it, it, the cloud app doesn't, is still totally free as long as you're uh, not uploading things. And then they limit you to like, <clears throat> I don't know, five a month or something like that. Yeah. And I don't think it's that expensive to No, to it's like a couple bucks a month. So I pay and I put in my custom URL and I lo- that's a lot better than like Bitly or whatever you're using because yeah. any URL you want, <clears throat> you can either use the keyboard extension, which for me is Apple Command C for like cop- super mm-hmm. copy. Uh, or you can just dr- click and drag it into the cloud app tray icon, mm-hmm. and it automatically shortens the URL and does the whole thing, and then it puts it in your clipboard. So then when you hit Apple V, it pastes it out where it could be like 
you know, clepic.com. I guess I didn't know CloudApp did the URL shortening. Oh, as yeah. Well. I always use custom. screenshot. Custom, right. baby. I'll look at that. Custom. I got that. All right. All right. We got Drew follow up this week. Uh, oh, yeah. I got a new phone. I dropped my old phone. I don't yep. know why that, but that would be fun face. to talk about. I got the big one. You didn't have the big one before? No. Well, well you had a big one. I had the six, and now I have the now six. I have a big, big one. And you like it because of the battery? Yes. Yeah, that's what I hear from most people. Yeah. They don't, they're, they're not Here, a fan of the huge but screen, the but they is, like the battery. But here's the thing is, I already, the six was uh, too big for me to comfortably use. So you might as well have just gone bigger. Right. Like, I can't use it with one hand. My hands are too small, so why so not? I look at the benefit of an even bigger screen. Yeah. That makes like, sense. I can read on this. I one. also find that I don't. I, I only have the six, but whenever I get around to the, the seven, I'll probably get the bigger one, and it might just. Now you've got some apparatus that I'm looking at, and it's got your wallet on mm-hmm. one side. It's yep. sort of an iPhone-sized leather uh, book, yep. and on one side of the book, you've got your wallet, so yep. your cards and all that go in there. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, your phone. Yes. How does that work for you? It's great. Because I constantly set one down. I always know where my phone is, mm-hmm. and I can never find my wallet. Right? Aren't like you I, kind of, you're kind of all in on not losing that thing, though. Yeah. Okay. But the convenience factor of never having to look for my wallet is I, – I don't go out that much. Like the, I mean, yes, I could lose everything at once, but like, I'm, just, I'm just as likely to lose that, don't, I think. Don't you like lie around your house like tapping on your phone idly all the time? I have an iPad, though. So you – Okay. So, so you, I just okay. well, like when I get home, the phone just goes into a charging dock, and you just I don't basically use don't. And my calls forward to my iPad, like now with the continuity stuff, like I just the phone is just my portable device. That's very nice. Okay. Anyway, all right, we have some Drew follow up. Drew wrote us a haiku this week, gentlemen. A haiku for the departed, sleeping with his sis, almost drowning on day six, a turd till the end. <laughs> Good night, sweet turd. May your contributions to the island be long forgotten. With restrained jubilation, Drew. That's really good. Really good. I want that stitched Man, on... Man, Drew's cool. I like Drew. Drew, you sh- we should have you on the podcast. Yeah. Damn. Right? What a good idea. Yeah. Why didn't we think of that? Drew, we're going to write you back. Okay. Uh, P.S. Much like Patrick, my little brother had an all-too-early exposure to Jaws. He didn't have the same reaction. Instead, he watched it almost every day for a year. Most kids of his generation grew up on Pokemon. He grew up watching a robotic shark brutally devour Robert Shaw. <laughs> and you're watching that movie every day as though that's like the equivalent of like your E.T. E- or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I was worried, but he will be fending off scholarship invitations in a few months' time while I sit here emailing poems to a couple of dudes on a podcast about Lost. So who was I to worry about him? Whatever. You're not going to be able to say you were a guest on the Rewatch podcast. That goes on your resume. Yeah. That's good. You get hired based on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Or not hired, but, you know, still, it'll be on your resume. Um, no guest this week, except for Pixel, uh, who's kind of fell, fell asleep and then wandered all around, and now she's just sort of zoning out. This seems about right. Yeah. She looks like she might go to sleep again. She might. Okay. Um, what did you think of this episode? Good, good, bad? It was all right. I think, you know, uh, the Kate stuff is already pretty tiresome. Like, I didn't care so much about this little Well, plane. here's the thing we learned about her character this week is that she runs away from things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, why did the guy get in the goddamn car? I, I don't know. I, I, it I, didn't bother me the first time. It bothered me greatly like, this time. Was she? I mean, now that we know the secret of the airplane, well, let's talk about the whole flashback. So sure. this episode is mostly centered around, in terms of, of raft, mythology. Raft-centric. Yes. Yes. It's about... It's a lot of um, moving the story forward without introducing a lot of new stuff. Uh, so off-island flashback stuff, it's mostly about uh, addressing this question, this lingering Kate question of what's up with the airplane she stole in the bank robbery. And why is she running so much? We still don't know what Kate right. did, which is the, an episode much, much later in the series that explains right. Exactly what she did. where this all started. Is, presumably, for a while. presumably things are a lot worse now that she like, killed a cop. I don't know. Did she yes. kill a cop? Um, she bashed into a cop car. And the car, the cop looked like he was in bad shape. Maybe yes. not killed, but that is a felony. Yes. It's not great. I don't recommend it. No. So, and that guy's dead. It's like, it's like whatever. Uh, nothing is better for Kate this week uh, after the crazy breakup. And actually in all regards, on island and offline, off island. Yes. So starts with her at this uh, motel and i think it was a bit of a kind of a psych out cuz i think i thought maybe it was a um a uh uh put the baby uh claire claire 
I thought maybe it was a Claire flashback because yeah, Kate is They blonde. were very clearly not showing her face and mm-hmm. just kind of showing her hair. And we've had a lot of Claire, Claire, Claire in the last couple of episodes yeah. with the baby mm-hmm. um, and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I think they were deliberately going for sort of a psych out. A psych out. And then like, oh, no, it's just Kate on the run again. So she uh, dyes her hair in the hotel room. Uh admirably does not get any dye all over her ears and her neck, which anyone I know who's dyed their hair a lot, they get a lot of like dye she's, all over their... Max, she's done it a lot. Okay. She's on the run. I see. She's dying her hair a lot. Got it. Uh, and then she picks up a letter, and then somehow the letter... I forgot what the, was up with the letter, but then somehow she goes home based on what the letter says. Oh, well, I, you know, her mother's dying. Right. Or in the hospital. Do we, is that what the letter said? I don't know. Okay. I, but I don't think it... That's just the, you know... <laughs> <laughs> something's going on. Ex Machina. Yeah, you know, something's going a, on. There's a the reason for Kate to go home, and I think you know her mother. Her mother's sick. Yeah. So she goes home, and they dig, uh, meets her childhood uh, sweetheart uh, kind of figure. And I can't remember his name. It's not the, memorable. The doctor. Sure, the cute doctor. Cute doctor who really wants to get with Kate. Kate's got it for the doctors, man. She likes those doctors. That's you true. Know? Didn't want, maybe that's what this episode is about. You know what Kate did? Yeah, get with a doctor. Uh, so they dig up the time capsule, and it's got a little tape recorder, one of the worst pieces of writing, probably the worst in the episode, but maybe in the whole season. We're going to have babies. Yeah, right? And it's like the two kids talking about it, and Kate's already, you get this feeling of like, oh, even when she was a little kid, she ran away from stuff, and she was like, yeah, really just not invested in it. Hammering at home. Yep. Like, do you not get the, do you get the theme? <laughs> do you get it? Yeah. She wants this to run away. The character! <laughs> So I wonder. I wonder if some of that has to do with. I wonder if with you know because part of what the showrunners would always talk about was that as derided as Kate was, and as much as like we complain about her, she was like one of the driving forces behind the show's popularity to the audience that was outside of us, like nerding out about mythology and right. others and stuff like that. And so I wonder if what we perceive to be the show being way too obvious in a show that can be very good at being layered and subtle, is them realizing that they do need to be a little more obvious and hit it home a little harder with the stuff that is really targeted not at us. Like, Kate episodes are basically just like, hey, guys, the reason this show exists is because all the people that are watching for this stuff. Right. We appreciate your support, but no no one's funding this show because of you. It's true, and... Although I think in later seasons it did catch, they did catch on with that. But it's it's a thing that we learned from the um, uh, Javier uh, Griot Mark such article. Sure, you got it. Um, where it was like they were, he was just talking about in the writers' room. This is in the show notes uh, for last episode. We were talking about this uh, great article that came out. One of the writers of Lost, and he was talking about how many masters they had to serve with the season of Lost. Like they had to make, uh, they had to make the 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 showrunners happy by advancing the mythology and setting up the mystery box and putting all this great stuff into play. And they had to make the network happy by not having it be science fiction. Like they promised the network it wouldn't be science fiction. So everything they did had to have this like, well, is it science fiction or is it not? Or is the it science fiction so was kind of in the background. Like it wasn't, right. it wasn't the driving force. It was just sort of like a funny hook for the, for the fans, even though right. that's clearly what the writer's, we're interested in pursuing. Yeah, it, and and it's what grabbed the early fans. You know, even if you go on the forums and, and look back at like before the show had like exploded in popularity, um, it's what the fans had grabbed onto. Like people cared about what's happening with the hatch, what's happening with the, uh, uh, what were the other big mysteries? The monster, what's happening yeah. with the whatever? Where the, the others? The kidnapped Claire? The numbers? Yeah, exactly. So, um. So the guy, the other funny thing with that airplane too is like the guy, the adult, uh, cute doctor was like, I can't believe you let me put that airplane in the, in the thing, like implying it was really important. And then you hear the tape and he's just like, Kate's like, put the airplane in. And he's like, wow, I love that airplane. It's cool. It's like a swell airplane. And then he puts it in and that's the end of it. So it's like the airplane ultimately, there's nothing inherently special about that airplane it's just that uh, later in the episode, Kate uh, gets him killed, and then the airplane uh, comes to represent him. And she has to, like, have a lot of innocent people die and rob a bank to get that airplane back. She can't the, just remember it. The, she's got to have it. The, the mother was kind of creepy. Very creepy. When she's like, help, yeah. help me. Yeah. Well, you get the sense. Help me. 
Once they're in the hospital, Kate finds her mother, and the mother, she's like, she has this very tearful, like, apology. I'm sorry for everything I put you through. And the mom kind of wakes up and goes, help me. You get the feeling of, like, man, Kate's, like, maybe, what did she's, you do? maybe she's really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very creepy. Yeah, maybe you did do something, like, really messed up. And this, like, charming character that, you know, seems like she's got a heart of gold, and she's just misunderstood you know, I think that what they try to convey a little bit there is like a, a at least sow some seeds of doubt that she actually is just manipulative mm-hmm. and that she uses her pretty face to kind of charm and sidestep everyone mm. who's in her way. But she's also like legitimately crying in front of her mother, so she like feels remorse. There's no reason for her to put herself in danger and get right. caught when in you this. Get, you get a feeling through all of her uh, flashbacks that it's a constantly escalating that like this thing started with something small and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Cause every time she escapes, it's like a new level of craziness of, you know, bashing into a cop car. She's like at one point in the hospital, she like hulks out and like knocks out a huge security guard yep. with a walkie talkie, like with his walkie talkie like, pistol whips him with a walkie talkie. <laughs> like, I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, a little creepy. So then, uh, yeah, they drive through the police barricade, and Kate's like, get out of the car or to the doctor, and he's like, no, I won't leave you, and then he dies. Yep. Uh, and then she uh, jumps over the railing and runs into the canal and runs away, and it, uh, where's my... Seems old? like they should be able to capture her. Seems, my seems, seems like an unreasonable way to just go into hiding. I mean, I don't know how that stuff works. I'm not in the police work, but... Yeah, I don't know. She goes... Uh, yeah, as she's running away in the canal, you get the, like, uh, voiceover from the island, like, coming back. And it's just Sawyer going, you want to tell us why you want to run away so bad? And I was like, God damn it, Lost. Stop like, saying run. I get I it. I think I would actually be less irritated if they just stopped saying run. Right. Ah, like, damn it. Like, I, ah, it's just, I get it. I get it. She wants to leave. All right. Uh, on island... Uh, Ah, uh, what was? Are there any like? Well, it's a lot of raft stuff. Well, it starts out with the raft. Um, you mean you mean Arnst? You mean Ar- Arnst? Arts. Arts. He's the Arst. high school science teacher who gives everyone like a high school. Eh. Yeah, he's like. Eh. Well, now that Boone's dead, they have a critical turd uh, shortage on the island, and they need a new turd. Eh. Uh, and he he's such Arnst. a he's such a he's such a science teacher. He's like he's like he's like okay, you're gonna get monsoon season. You know what that is? That's bad. Like <laughs> such. Yeah. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters in the show. He's a, he's such a turd, though. Well, it's but but partially the way the show handles him, and partially because he's so overtly like I feel like Boone is a character you call a turd because you dislike him. Mm-hmm. Arts is he's a character made for you, like the, he's designed for you to dislike him, yes. right? Like he's you're you're meant to as an audience be like, ah, oh, screw this guy. Whereas yeah. like I don't think Boone is necessarily it's, that. I think Boone just kind of became. A little bit of that, whereas arts like is outwardly designed to be derided by the audience. They they just there's so much weird shit on the island. They so desperately need a scientist, someone with that like scientific mind to start puzzling stuff out. You're just dying for it, and this is what they give you is like just great. He's like he's like, can anyone tell me what the only piece of land south of us is? It's like uh, and then Antarctica. Yeah, Jack's like yeah, Antarctica. Shut up, Jack. We he's like the good kid in the class, right? Like he's I can already. But I can already tell what he was like in school. He was the kid in college who always had to like raise his hand and tell a story no to class. Yeah. Stop raising your hand. Yeah, shut up, Jack. You're not impressing anyone. Uh, so yeah, so that kind of happens, and then essentially that creates this impetus to build the raft. Yeah, or to they, finalize things with the raft faster. Like sort of Arch's last point is just that you you know you're going to get caught in trade winds that are going to send you in the wrong direction. You're going to go south instead of north. They want to go north to get uh, caught in a trade route um, and potentially. Um, you know, hopefully be seen by someone and and uh, kind of rescue everyone. Although, like, Michael has, like, this kind of creepy conversation with Walt, and he's like, so we're going to come back and rescue everyone, right? And, you know, Michael's kind of like, well, if we can find it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is kind of fair, right? Like, you know, they're going to go north, but, you know, what are they going to tell people? They don't have coordinates. They don't know exactly right. where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even just knowing they're alive is, is pretty big. Uh, you also get some really nice, um, uh, dialogue from the other characters about like, what does it mean to them? The possibility of rescue, which is a big theme of, you know, do you want to stay on the Island? What does it mean to be here versus go back? How has being on the Island changed the characters, changed their, their position in life? Um, so for Charlie, he's kicked his drug habit and he's kind of on top of the world. 
he's imagining how famous he's going to be when he goes back. And he's like, I can't wait to get back. Kate, obviously the exact opposite. She's a wreck because she's thinking about how am I going to, you know, when they come to rescue us, how am I going to run? Yeah, she's run? going to jail. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a real problem for her. Um, and, this, so, and this all happens under the, you know, and this is where like the parallel between the off-island and island stuff happens is that uh, there becomes a, a, a jockeying between Sawyer and Kate over the sort of last spot. Yeah, on, well, we should we can just say what happens. So Sun, uh, Sun poisons uh, the water for the people building the raft. Uh, Although, really, as we learn in like one of the final scenes, like Kate was also a driving force. Kate was in, it was Kate's idea. Yes, but Sun didn't uh, w- didn't want Jin to leave, and right. so Kate was like poison the water. And right, but also she has an ulterior motive right. of trying right. to get like she knows she's helping Sun. But also, if that gets Sawyer kicked off the raft, that works out for her as well. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, that's, you know, when they're underscoring her character traits very bluntly on the off-island stuff and then maybe a little bit less. She can run the con as good as 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 Sawyer. And it's another case of, like, she doesn't care who gets in her way if it comes down to, like, is she going to escape or not. Correct. Um, So. And also poor poor son. Poor son. son. Yeah. Yeah. Feel bad for Michael too. I got. Yep. Uh, I've had that. Uh, I've been. I've been very uh, uh, sick like that when I went to Vietnam. I got like a crazy stomach flu. Mm. Worst pain in my life. That sounds terrible. Uh, debilitating. Food like, poisoning or something different. Food poisoning, mm. but just cramp like yes. your gut just cramps. Literally unable to do anything. It, you can't. You just sit near a toilet and just you. You can't spend per- twelve hours waiting for your body to. You can't it out. proceed with your life. It's just like your stomach is just like seizing. It's horrible. So. Um, do we kind of get a, a like? What did they? What did she put in there? Just like a oh, flower? some sort of herb, just some like sort of it up. powder. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that was the main story. There was a lot of back and forth of like, who's the convict, and uh, Kate gets outed as the convict, uh, and then uh, in front of uh, everyone, which is also sort of critical. Yes, that she. It, well, she had a pretty good plan with the passport too, like burning the passport. Yeah, to pretty to, smart. I, I was pretty impressed by that. Uh, and you know, they sort of set up like you know, not only is. Uh, Kate, you know, sort of, uh, you know, getting ousted out of her spot potentially on the raft, but that, you know, in front of Claire and uh, Charlie and a lot of important characters, um, she's now looked at with suspicion, mm. um, and which is, you know, I don't know if Sawyer meant to do that, but Sawyer is in the same way. Hey, you're going to push me into the corner. I'm going to push right back. So he does that. And I forget how that plays out. That clearly must have repercussions in the coming episodes, but I'm not super clear how that works out. Um, for or against Claire or uh, Kate. Yeah, and the other uh, uh, the other big story is uh, Locke takes Jack to see the hatch. Yep. And they're starting to have this conversation about is it good or bad to open the hatch? What does it mean to open it? What's in there? Um, Saeed points out. He's no very hit. much against it. Anti-hatch, uh, which is like, God damn it, Saeed, like. But also, he has a good point. No, he doesn't. I want to open that. Open the hatch. Like, what is in that? That's I'm, there. Are there's very like I know that you know Jack's like, oh, it could be supplies, could be like a shelter. Like, Sight has the more like yes, I want to know what's in the hatch because I'm watching the show and I want to know what's in the hatch. But like, rationally speaking, you probably don't want to know what's in that hatch, and it doesn't really end up being anything good for them. Uh, I don't know. I think it's setting up. To me, I think it's setting up. Um, at one of the big themes of uh, that's going to become one of the major scenes in Lost. We're going to see it more directly in the finale, but it's like what the hatch means to everyone. So for Jack, well, for Locke, the hatch is like spiritual fulfillment. It's yep. like this this answering of life's mysteries and self actualization. And for it's a it's a spiritual uh, faith kind of a thing that that hatch has got to get open. And for Jack, it's like very pragmatic. It's like we could survive. There's supplies. There's stuff. We can go in there. Um, and I guess what the hatch was going to be based on that thing we uh, read last week, like one of the pitches was that was like a nuclear part of a nuclear sub. Yeah, right. It's like it's ominous. There's no handle on the outside. It's not supposed to be opened. The numbers Saeed, are on it. And Saeed is the one of the three of them. Do we do we know that yet? It was at the end of the, the end of the numbers. End of numbers. Episode. Okay, that's right. Uh, and Saeed is the one who's like of the three of that pair. He's the one who's the most self-actualized. Like he's really been through some shit and he can take care of himself. And he's kind of this like complete character. Um, he's not as much of a, he's not really, a, he's not on the Island to necessarily reinvent himself. If he's doing yep. so, he's doing so emotionally in a way that is far less, um, over, overarching than like Jack and Locke. who are going through like very profound character revelations as opposed to Saeed, who's like, 
I'm figuring out my love life. Yeah, I just get the feeling of Saeed. I mean, he's had his... He's just a little more grounded, and like, yep. I, I trust him. Yeah, he's like, he's got his shit together, uh, whereas Jack and Locke both have these, like, debilitating father, you know, daddy issues, and they're they're kind of... Ba- they're both babies at times. Like, mm-hmm. they can be obsessive and, mm-hmm. and emotional. Saeed, in general, he's pretty much got it together, and he's the one with a clear head who's looking at that hatch going, maybe we shouldn't open it. But meanwhile, I, as the viewer, I'm like, hatch. Hatch. Yep. Hatch. Stop hatch. inside. Yeah. Stop it. Like, anything that is delaying the show opening the hatch for me, I am... Kill an- that character off. Side, anti- get out. I'm done. I am anti that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Go underneath that thing we're going to chop Boone's leg off with. And then a real creepy scene where Walt is talking to Locke. Right. And he, uh, he touches Locke, and all of a sudden he like goes into a trance, and he's like, Mr. Locke, don't open that thing. Which... Boy, we, we, I know we have a spoiler chat because I think you had a good trivia that's uh, covering spoiler chat. So let's come back and talk about that in spoiler chat because I did not know what to make of that. Um, Walt, I'm making a little note for myself. Says not to open hatch. Did I get everything else? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Patrick, you want to do I, – I put some of your trivia up above the spoiler chat here. Okay. Do you want to do some of this trivia? Um, can we? That that's kosher, right? Well, we we don't have to do one of these. One of these isn't uh, doesn't have to be in spoiler chat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These these two that I put up here. Yeah, I don't think one of these other ones has to be in spoiler chat. No, the one about arts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do it. I can do it. So this is my okay. So uh, it's uh, all thanks to Lostpedia as always. They have great resource if you enjoy listening to our podcast and want like more detail about episodes and like continuity errors and goofy stuff like that. Like highly recommend checking out Lostpedia. Um, so, uh, one of them is this episode opens with the introduction of the orchestral piece will sub- subsequently become Kate's main theme throughout the series. I think it's listed in the, uh, soundtrack for season one as Kate's Motel, uh, which I guess is probably a reference to oh, Bates, Bates Motel. Motel. God yeah. damn it. Um, that's a terrible pun. The voice message played back uh, by Kate and Tom was recorded on August 15th, 1989 in the American date format 815. This relates to Oceanic Flight. 815, which, uh, as referenced in the piece we talked about last week, which if you skipped it because uh, you're adverse to spoilers, um, they talked about, like, post numbers. They started trying to find clever ways of, you know, incorporating the numbers and references to other characters in ways that um, could be subtle and and, and often done in uh, post-production. It was not often written into the script necessarily. And some of those numbers had been put even in the early episodes – because apparently Damon Lindelof is just obsessed with like the number. He's obsessed with yeah. What's the one, number that like, like fifteen shows, or something? That, like, yeah, there's an actual number that like shows up a lot historically. I think it's like the number fifteen or something. Yeah, it's some, it's number yeah. twenty-two. Which is or why something. it was like yeah, yeah. But he's he was obsessed with that idea, which is what eventually became uh, the numbers in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, this other one, an apparent continuity error arises with. Uh, well, I guess maybe that is spoiler chat. Okay, all right, you're right. I'll I'll, I'll hold off on that one. Okay. Um, I guess I get, it's like I like this one. It just says Walt says not to open the hatch. Yep. How's that? A I don't know. Okay. I'm gonna copy All right. that by like that. I'm doing the outro. Here we go. Next week we are gonna watch Exodus Part One, which uh, I don't think we should say uh, what the flashback is. We normally say who the flashback character is. I think we're gonna withhold that in case you haven't seen it, and is that you important? should be you should be surprised who the flashback character is. Okay. Um, thank you to our sponsor Basecamp. Uh, the show notes for this episode and every episode are available, including this week, a very cute picture of Pixel, who's falling asleep again right now, are available at rewatchpodcast.com. You can email us your questions or comments at rewatchpodcast.gmail.com. As we get to the end of the season, please let us know what you make of season one. How did you feel rewatching it? How has it changed over the years? Uh, this will be our, our last uh, few chances probably to talk about Lost with you guys, so um, send us your uh, follow-up. Thank you, as always, to our editor, Kara, for doing an amazing job. Thanks to Steve, Fabwash Kim for our artwork. Thanks to Dose One for our theme music. You can check out his work, including his ringtone of the month, at doseone.bandcamp.com. And we will see you next week. Spoiler chat after this music. Okay. Uh, so spoiler chat. Yeah, um, do these spoiler spoiler. You things. wrote. You're the one that wrote. Walt says not to open the hatch. You put. You tried to play. Put that on me like a minute ago. You wrote that. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Okay, well let's, I'll do mine and then okay. we'll we'll transition to that. Uh, so an apparent continuity error arises with Art's claim 
in this episode that they were on the cusp of monsoon season, despite the absence of continuous torrential rain in the season finale or thereafter. The producers addressed this issue on the podcast, stating, Arts is an idiot. <laughs> Which is so... <laughs> a better explanation is that the island is moving around, right? You know, there is like there actually becomes a canonical explanation for that. Absolutely, that the the whims of uh, the natural whims of weather do not correspond. It's why it randomly rains on the island. It's not because it's monsoon season. I thought it was the island is moving around. It is, but that's what I'm saying. Like that, it's it doesn't happen because of monsoon season. It's not tied to the natural ebb and flow of the earth. It is. Because it's moving around in time and or, or location rather, right, and right, right, so right. the rains come and go. Yep. Uh, the lost missing pieces episode, tropical depression revealed that Arts was oh that Arts was lying in order to launch the raft as soon as possible. Interesting. Uh, why? What would his motivation be? Maybe he actually thought it. I don't know. Fixing a continuity error in the episode. What is lost missing pieces? I'm clicking on it. Uh, lost missing pieces was a thirteen mobisode. That is the worst term. Right? See, these, these are these Mobis Verizon says. wireless ones that I, I couldn't this. get because I was on AT&T, so I, I had to I remember, like, watch I, them on YouTube. I, like, torrented some of these, yeah. and it was the one where Jack Shepard... That was the only good one, was the last at, one. At the end, where Jack Shepard... Fucking, let's find this one. Where's the one with Ernst? I get, they must be on YouTube somewhere. Um, yeah, we should watch these. But, yeah, the, the Mobisodes are not worth watching, except mm-hmm. for the last one that actually has... Uh, so it's like Jack... You see... Jack lying in the bamboo from the first shot of the season, and then um, sees, Christian Shepard comes out, and he's he's he like a dog, Vincent. and he's like, "Go wake him up, boy." Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I remember so you, seeing that. When like, I saw oh. that, and I was like, "What?" Because that was one of the summer things in between the, the yeah. seasons when, like, the the show would end in May mm-hmm. and then come back in September. Um, so you were desperate for anything. You were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that They was did ARGs really well for Lost. That was always so much fun. I never participated in them because yes. they were always above my ability and time. But man, did I love reading the threads about them. All right. Reconstruct for me mm-hmm. from the whole mythology of the show. Yes. Wh- what's up with Walt and why does he not want to open the hatch at this he's point? He's a psychic. Okay, he's psychic. So he's, he, t- he just, like, Walt looks at all the things that happen. He probably gets a set of visions about... People dying. Oh, all maybe clashes. it's because his dad like kills the people. In the, isn't I think he, there's all sorts. Shoot, of, there's all Michael sorts shoots, of things. Like Libby, yeah, and, 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 and Anna, Hurley's girlfriend, or no, not Anna. Uh, no, Libby's Hurley's Libby, girlfriend. Yeah, and, and Anna, Anna Lucia. Lucia. They both die. Hurley shoots both of them. No, oh. no, Michael shoots both of them. Uh, sorry, Hurley, Michael. Right, he yeah. shoots. Okay, so they all shoot I, Shannon. Shannon gets shot, but I don't think by Michael. Oh, by Anna Lucia. Yes, and it was a mistake. Right. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, I, there's any number of things you could pull out that the hatch does not make things better for everyone. It makes things worse. Um, and it's funny because in the, the, the article that we read last week, the, like, the writers, and Damon Lindelof especially, was, like, perplexed why the audience was so confused about Walt. Because Walt became this fixture of, like, what is he? Why is he special? Mm-hmm. And there's a line in the bit from last week where he's like, he's a psychic. Like, what else do you guys have to like, – like, we're giving you a million different ways to, to like, sort of surmise that he's a psychic. And if you just – if you sort of just take that at face value, it explains, like, everything about Walt right. as a character is that he's just – he's a psychic. Like, end of story. Well, I think the frustration was – I think people want more than that. I think they want more than, well, he's a psychic and he knows right, stuff. Right. They want more than that, but less than midi-chlorians. Yes. That's what I want, right? I want to know, why Walt? Are there a lot of psychics in the world? Is it just him? Right. How do the others know that he's a psychic? Right. What are the limits of his powers? Like, right? And then Desmond has some psychic shit happen later. Yeah. It never all ties together. It's like all these ideas of like... Well, the Walt stuff also got derailed by... The fact that he just got older. They had to write him out of the show. I totally understood. But but you have all these references to, oh, he's, he's special and the others want him and he's a psychic and he's whatever. But it's like... He also became a worse actor over time. Yeah. Well, he was just so awkward. Yeah. So oh, man. awkward. Well, the, I thought he was okay in when they bring him back for... Because Michael... What, in, he, in the last season or something like that? No. Well, they do the bit at the, the epilogue for mm-hmm. the series and then there's also the Michael-centric episode. Like when Michael... Gets on he you know they get off the island mm-hmm. and then Michael finds a way to get on the boat um, mm. to come back not um, on the not Penny's boat yeah and I forget what his name is mm-hmm. um, but uh, th- he visits Walt very briefly I think in an apartment in New York that's right um, 
And yep. he was the okay there, but what Walt's acting went down as his age went up. <laughs> Very frustrating. He's really bad in the epilogue. Very frustrating. It's not that's not what people are mad about that it's like that they don't get that he's a psychic. They want to, you want to know more. It's like Well, it, was, it just it never did he ha- it never summon ha- the polar bear? Yes. No, the polar bear was there at well, the Dharma sure. initiative. Right, but he like he looked at the comic mm-hmm. and then the polar bear appeared. There's two explanations. Okay. It's one of these other it's one of these mysteries in Lost that can be explained. It could be that he's a psychic and his, his whatever he is able to do is amplified by being on the island in the same way that lots of things are amplified by being yeah. the, the quote-unquote no, source. Because they explain like the polar, bear, the polar bear thing they explain two ways, right? It's that the polar bears are on the island and they escaped from their cage. Right. And it's that Walt summoned him with his psychic powers. And right. what about the bird that crashes? And what about the right. – what about the blah, 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 and the, all the hand-wavy stuff that happens later? You know, the others – Want him because of his he's special or whatever. I don't know. How do they know? I don't know. I think it might have been explored more if if he hadn't grown up. Interesting. I, guess, I, I wonder how much that would it's have been just different. So important. It's just such a huge plot point. Well, it's beca- at, at the end of it's the be, season. It's because they. It's not like they just do it once. Like right. it's multiple times. They like go back to Walt as like he's special, and that that only continues, right? Like I mean. We can spoiler chats like the finale. Mm-hmm. The show ends with Walt being kidnapped. Like mm-hmm. we need the boy. Like that's like this line that like sinks in the bottom of your stomach. Mm-hmm. In between season one and season two is we need the boy, mm-hmm. and we don't need you. Like we don't need uh, I forget What's the nickname people came up for that guy? Oh, uh, beard, uh, bearded something. Uh, I can't fuck, remember. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You know what pa- I'm talking? I patcher. No, yeah. but there was like a fan name that people came up for. It'll with come him. to me. Um, he's one of the most interesting characters on the show when they start developing him later and you like find out he's gay and like they do all this really cool stuff with, with him when they start developing him out in like season four. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Walt is kind of held up as this important character and then he essentially just kind of gets written out of the show. Um, and they never really, right. Like he basically gets kidnapped in season two and then right. That's season two, season two, season three. Oh, I'm deep into this rabbit hole now. Patchy beardy. What do, uh, what do we call him? So Tom Friendly? I think Mr. Friendly. That was it. Mr. Friendly. Mr. Friendly. He's creepy. Very creepy. Very creepy guy. He just has a certain cadence to his voice that's just unsettling. That whole sequence on the dock at the end of season two when they all get kidnapped. The, so the fans call him Mr. Friendly because yeah. he's so friendly? Yes. And then that actually, they made that his name on the show. Oh, really? They made his name Tom. Oh, Tom that's Friendly. really good. It's pretty fun. That's I like a, that back and forth. Because like, yeah. who cares what his last name is? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fun way to nod to the fans. That's pretty good. Yeah, I dig that. That's good. Uh, okay. Well, that's, cool. that's an episode. Yes. Exodus. Onward. Boy. To the finale. The beginning of the finale. Yeah. Hey, if you're in Chicago, here, if you're still listening and you're in Chicago, we're going to have some information soon on how to uh, join us to watch um, the last uh, one or two parts of the finale. Yeah. We haven't really decided yet. Yeah. Definitely not all three, but, but at the very least, part three. Yes. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>